0: Hi Jeremy. Hi Raphael. Yeah, um, so the how are you question is kinda of funny. <laughs> Everybody's depressed
1: yeah but i i mean i'm really um i'm always hopeful um and i think that
0: uh, yeah i'm the opposite <laughs> I'm, I'm just i'm i feel relaxed because I'm kind of like okay, the end of the world is coming soon that's okay, then I'll just enjoy myself in the meantime i mean you do have
1: a band called cold void <laughs> yeah
0: yeah 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 i i'm a secret goth so it's it's um uh it, yeah so we we postpone this episode because last episode we were like i don't know if now is the right time to talk about the perfect email client or things (laughs) like that
1: (laughs) also you were in japan uh yeah which you know kind of is something i've been thinking about because i've been imagining you away in japan and thinking about you you know your life of like you kind of aspire to a lot of japanese values and i thought about In this time that we're in, this kind of political time, I don't know if this is what you want to talk about, but it's like we have to put up with a little less. (laughs) So it's like coping with like a little bit less. But this is like a very Zen-like moment for all. of A test
0: of your Uh, own balance.
1: Yeah, a test of your own balance. And right now there's like a there's a movement in, in across America or across the world towards leading a more minimal life. I'm, I'm sure you've heard about this. There have been a few books on the topic and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, which is
0: is just coping with being poor.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's why it exists? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I, I mean, it, um, I, I started getting rid of stuff because I was moving to different countries. That was really the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- maybe that's an interesting topic that we can talk about today. Yeah, like... Stuff and and the accumulation of stuff and how hoarding also um, gets you stuck in spaces because you become more and it also makes you more fearful because you have more to hold on to.
1: Yeah, like it's just this like there's this psych. I mean, maybe there's this yeah, there's this cyclical kind of thing that happens: accumulation and then like and then I don't know what's the opposite of accumulation. Well, but but working. for me
0: for me it was um, I was always making images and drawing and I always needed. Reference images. So I collected a lot of old magazines. I had, like, you know, those drawers you can fit under a bed? Yeah. I had two of those completely filled with old newspapers and magazines. And I moved around when I went to art school and a bunch of time. I, I moved all that stuff with me. And I had a lot of books. I had a lot of stuff. But then. The internet happened, so I was like, okay, I don't need to have a picture of a cow and a picture of grass and a picture of a bottle of milk so I can draw it and know what it looks like. Because mm-hmm. I was always looking for the most typical images. If, if I wanted to work with a door in an animation, what does the most average door look like so everyone around the world can recognize it as a door?
1: Uh, so this was reference material for you?
0: Yeah, but this was all before um, Google Image Search. So... As soon as that happened, all those magazines were out. So I was like, I don't need them. And then as soon as the, the streaming music happened or MP3s, the CDs were out the door because I love music. So right. I had a mi- million CDs. Um, but it's really interesting because I think, you know, there's this
1: image of the, especially the New York artist, I think, of a hoarder like who hoards like every scrap, every sketch. Maybe it's the Parisian artist too. Like, it's like you know,
0: Rauschenberg.
1: Yeah, you walk into the studio. There's there's artwork in the trash. Like, yeah. why they haven't taken the trash out? I'm
0: not sure. <laughs> and and then that's almost like uh, this this physicalization of a a, a mind wandering, and that's mm-hmm. really exciting to see
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah I think it's you're right. it's the crazy genius on display or the mind uh unraveled or whatever yeah,
0: because uh, the studio of a poet is kind of boring because it's just a typewriter, there's not much more
1: <laughs> right just a lot of uh, a rose p- and, and maybe a few petals on the ground and a glass of wine but yeah. um but, but uh, yeah, yeah. You, you
0: you also try to not accumulate too much yeah it's not really a goal. and it's not in
1: my nature so I think like you're very talented at it and when I visit your home uh, or I look in through skype as I am now it's like there every single thing has its uh, like a, a use right like and there's not even an inch of additional you're in a very small apartment too as am I yeah, um, yeah. but as a studio too it's like the finished artwork there's not very much you know there aren't sketches strewn about and I don't know. Well, I still on the computer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the the, the thing, I guess. Um, I have a lot of cables everywhere, though. I have a problem throwing away. You're not going old. wireless. <laughs> well, I wish. I wish it was possible, but I, so I have like a whole storage cabinet. And Kristen, my partner, will say like, oh, "It's a problem because I, I can't throw away cable because you just." I was in this. I lived in this world once in the '90s where. You would it, it didn't you were gonna be in a situation? I've been in these situations, and and I saw it's a live performance or something, and someone's like, "We can't hook these two machines together. What are we gonna do?" And I'd be like, oh, "Don't worry, I have an adapter for that." <laughs> and actually, one piece of news that came out over the they, over the they last used couple to be
0: weeks. in my art school. There was a, the the tech guy who would yeah. fix all the computers, and he had one of those photography vests with a lot of pockets, <laughs> and it was filled with floppy disks. And any problem you had, he would whip out a floppy disk he's like I got a utility right here (laughs) yeah it feels
1: really powerful like yeah yeah, it's like I've got a shareware solution for that but you know I used to work in a electronic art gallery and it was an even bigger mess of wires but it was like it felt really like I don't know empowering to know that if someone there was going to be a someone was going to have a problem and I was going to be the one to save the day it's kind of a form of heroics but I also have like a lot of deep anxiety it's almost like in the 90s or early 2000s, it was like the equivalent of your phone running out of battery. be like, I don't have the right cable for that or something.
0: Yeah, but so. now in your your daily life, the cables are... So what happened to me is I was exactly the same. It's like you don't throw something out because you might need it. That's, yeah. that's natural. But then you start moving to different countries, and you're like, okay, I'm probably not going to use this VGA dongle anymore, <laughs> right, right. etc. So when you move, you tend to... Um, evaluate everything and then it's really rare and so what i learned is that that the times that you threw out too much and you have to rebuy something Mm -hmm. are much smaller than the cost of having a bigger apartment so getting rid of stuff and like oh i got rid of 50 cables and you might have to buy that one cable once again right that value Really offsets versus oh, I need double the rent because I have so much stuff.
1: Well, then isn't there also like this psychological value as well? You know, like it's less to keep track of. So I want to talk about traveling, I guess, in 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 that mm-hmm. respect. Where for me, this is this is my path to sanity. Where where it's your apartment is enough for me. For me, it's traveling, and if I can travel without, all, and the dream is just with like a little tennis bag or something like that. But I recently went to an opening, and I put a spare. Uh, Like, it was in New York, and I was just spending the night in New York. I saw you there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I put, uh, like, a spare uh, set of underwear and socks in my coat pocket. I didn't tell you
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) There was a story of of Marcel Duchamp also, that he would wear uh, a suit, and he would wear two shirts Mm -hmm. on top of each other and two pairs of underwear on top of each other and a toothbrush in the pocket. (laughs) And so when he would get to his room, he would hang the extra pair of underwear and uh, shirt yeah but my mom always had the theory that he must have been very smelly because he was so lazy (laughs) so he probably never washed
1: so this is a good it's a good question because when i was a kid by the way i wore my pajamas under my clothes for sure and i I was like my first step attempt at efficiency i was just like (laughs) 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 because you know the the your parents are like the world right your parents are like You say, can I watch this show? Like, can can I watch an extra hour of The Simpsons or something like that? And they'd be like, well, not unless you're ready for bed. And then it's just like, boom, I am ready for bed. I got ready yesterday. I was born ready. (laughs) I'm going to watch this hour. I'm going to get every last drop of day. You know, it's like about, it's about like getting the most out of the day, which is kind of really a beautiful thought. You know, think of children just trying to squeeze so much out of the day. (laughs) The parents are like, no, we've had too much of this day, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of think the whole world is like that a little bit. And so these yeah. like these like efficiency hacks and are kind of a beautiful thing in that they're sort of a pursuit but, of something a little bit more pure, and joyful. But
0: what's also interesting is that I think efficiency hacks became more popular the last fifteen years. Mm-hmm and what's interesting to me is that we've developed all this technology that should make life more efficient and all of a sudden we need efficiency coaches (laughs) so you need like someone to tell you not to look at social media all day and to compartmentalize your email so you're not completely locked in all the time Mm -hmm. and I mean the theory would be okay you used to have to wash your clothes by hand so we made a washing machine so that would give you an hour a day of free time to develop yourself and sit and enjoy well or probably
1: and, to go shopping i guess yeah or
0: whatever <laughs> you want to do and yeah. um uh, so the idea is that the efficiency efficiency would give you more time
1: mm-hmm. but and when so do you yeah what do you do with all that time though that's
0: yeah that's the big question
1: i mean i, th- I think you've uh, brought this to my attention before which is like when will it be enough, right? <clears throat> sort of, and we've talked a bit about artificial intelligence stuff. But like, imagine we live in a place where we don't have to work anymore. We've become so efficient um, that we don't have to work. Are we just gonna sit around in white boxes with no things as well? <laughs> will, will will we not have anything to do or own or feel like you know what? What is the I don't know, or is it? Well, cyclical, well, well is
0: it? I, I think it's important not to think of. The whole world, but what would you want to do? So, if if you had all the time in the world, what would you do?
1: I would I, I would probably be like computer programming, like messing around. <laughs>
0: but if the computer I'd, could program itself, and
1: you would just tell it to make it, I know that's a very sad that that there is sad. Where like my, because part of what m- like brings joy to my life is is somehow overcoming every day, right? It's like, yeah, it's like. It's very much like a kind of so this whole idea
0: of heaven is miserable, where you're just in this place and you're on a cloud and everything's perfect and everything's sweet and there's yeah. I mean, I've been thinking,
1: I've been thinking about that a lot this week because you know, um, I this is not maybe the we shouldn't talk about politics, but we kind of like it. This is kind of the the meta theme here, which is that I have purpose again. (laughs) You know, it's like, and there are three. Have you ever read this Daniel Pink? The common enemy. Yeah, but there's a book about motivation that this guy Daniel Pink put out. He's like, you know, one of those people that writes books, <laughs> an yeah. author, but it's called Drive. And it's like, about that's the, the things that motivate us. And there are three things apparently that motivate every human being, you know, according to all these studies, you know, different studies triangulated. What is it, and, sex okay. and survival? <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's not, it's not, it's, you're going to, it's going to seem obvious when I, when I say the three things, but. You're gonna to have to buy my five dollar DVD. So. No, but. right after the break. A word from you get our sponsor. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the three things are pretty obvious. The first is um, is autonomy, of course, right? You don't want to, you know, you you want people need to be free to do what they want to do. So that's the first thing. So prisoners probably. Uh, not very happy though. They have full autonomy in their cell. I'm sure that they can do all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> you get to sit in that corner. Yeah, you get to sit yeah, in that corner. Right. You can you look get... at your hands. You can look at your feet. You can <laughs> scratch numbers into the wall. <laughs> well, there's a there's a very there's a variable rate of autonomy in any in any situation. Yeah. And then, uh, but being told not, not being told what to do is super important. Like if you've ever had a team that you've worked with, you, know, you don't want to. But that's
0: a complete illusion.
1: Yeah, that, I'm not saying yeah. Raphael, that these things aren't are, are in some way not you couldn't fight back against them. You, you certainly no, could no. But what I
0: mean is that first of all, you have to behave within the parameters of the law. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one limit to your freedom. And then there's also there's the common morality you grow up with. So I I grew up with a morality, maybe an emphasis on art and self development. Mm-hmm. So I'm a prisoner of that. I'm constantly thinking. How can I make better work? And it's compulsive and it doesn't make me happy, but it's just, it's my identity. So, um, I, it doesn't make me happy or unhappy, but I, I don't think I have a choice. Mm. So there's no freedom. It's not like I can just be like, you know what? I'm just gonna, uh, do something completely. I, I think I've, I've been programmed. So, and a lot of people, everybody's programmed to an extent. So I don't think there's so much freedom.
1: Well, all I'm saying is, like, let the program run. Don't force quit that program quite yet. Yeah. (laughs) So so that's the first one, autonomy. And then the second um, one that, you you know, that you and I are both going to be familiar with is mastery. So it's, like, getting good at something, like a a craft or a skill, is incredibly important to motivating uh, people or people's motivation. So, like, I mean, you're good at at internet art. You're good at making... um, Podcast. graphic representations of yeah you're great at podcasts you're great at motivating me to do yeah. things uh, that i didn't think were possible and um, i may be good at uh, at sometimes making people laugh you know but and and that's something that i'm always trying to get better i'd i'd rather i'd like the more smiles yeah. every you're smile you're not very good at
0: insulting laugh. people i think <laughs> not that's terrible. not one of your that's talents <laughs>
1: yeah it, certainly it's not something uh, that i've well you know a mean spirited joke can certainly those are kind of fun, because yeah. especially when a person doesn't the, the, realize.
0: <laughs> the other thing, my, my response to this whole news cycle situation was that I turned off a lot of the, signed out of Twitter. I was already off of Facebook, and I just think I've been reading older novels because I think uh, mm. it's nice to read some more long form and things that happened in the past and feelings that happened in the past. But w- one book was that a lot of, it was a quote in a Dutch novel that a lot of people define themselves by the level of discomfort they can handle. Mm. So that's like a, a, a proud thing of like how much discipline you can, how much discomfort you can, yeah. what your what your uh, what do you call it your level, your barrier is your your pain barrier.
1: Is that like one of those things where if I suffer, I can then have my reward or something? Yeah,
0: like you you can brag about going through hazing at a at a sorority or fraternity or. Mm-hmm. You went in the in the army, or you were part of mm. a church, or you're part of. Uh, it's like, oh, I had a studio and it was cold, but I mm. did it anyway, and I persevered. And uh, that's interesting. It makes me. It, think it, about it's this. it's not it's not a proud thing to say. Like, oh, everything was handed to me, and I just right. fell into it.
1: Well, even among this is, I was reading an article about this being sort of a symptom of historically and again today of the bourgeoisie. You know, like some way of feeling superior by doing with less so right now it's like dieting and exercise and yeah that, that's you know, another
0: example yeah it, it like, like how much can you put up with and that's and that's your proudest achievement but it's like
1: a form of like moral moral high ground right like yeah, yeah. that uh by having less i have more than you because i can suffer more right it's like <laughs> there's a there's another book on leadership i have a lot of you know i shouldn't quote all the management and leadership books that i've read but there's another no, you book should. Like, it's interesting uh <clears throat> it's like leader it's called leaders eat last or yeah, I think that's the name of the mm-hmm. book. Uh, but basically the idea of like this servant leadership is a big thing among... Yeah, there's
0: an expression in Dutch. Uh, uh, it's something like rich boss, and, uh, uh, poor boss and rich servant. Right, the right. The idea that exactly. the boss is taking... Yeah, how much of that is true, I don't know, but... Uh.
1: Well, I mean, I can I can speak firsthand and say like the like the high, I'm in a higher pretty high position where I work. Um, like but you're I'm an a employee, director. you're not a founder. Yeah, I'm not a founder. Yeah, so I can't get any higher than where I am, except mm-hmm. if, if I was an executive. And um, typically, what I found throughout my that career is the higher up I move, the like more miserable. <laughs> I have, yeah. Like, the less people saying great job, the more like. Uh, you, you know you, it, kind of people are saying worst job
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's also uh, it, it, and this might be interesting for our audience it, a lot of creative professions you start out because you like making things yeah and then in a in a job hierarchy the higher up you go the less sp- time you spend making things so you were trained you you were born yeah. to make stuff you were born yeah. to come up with stuff but then it's also natural that you want to have a promotion yeah, And and it's exciting, the promotion, but then the promotion happens, and then you're making a little bit less stuff, and you're telling other people to make stuff, Yeah, and that might fit you, but a lot of people, it doesn't fit, and then before you know it, you're a manager, which you are not, that's not your innate talent, and it's not going to make you happy. Yeah, I
1: mean, a, I mean, a lot of designers that I've tried to promote over the years, that's usually the first thing they say, and they're, you know, like and even like the 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 best designers that i work with today they're always like please just give me one more year (laughs) like just just let just let me make things a little longer like "Mm, i Uh, don't know your time has come (laughs) but the
0: same thing happens with artists that they get one assistant and then they get Mm -hmm. two assistants and then it's three and then and it's exciting because of course it's this thing where creative growth is really hard to quantify but uh growth of employees you can be like wow i have 10 employees now how many do you have oh i have 20 now wow okay that's yeah and and to really if you're uh, competitive and you're talking to other artists and they're like wow i really had a creative breakthrough i my, my sense of color has really improved yeah that's so abstract that you can't really measure it and people want results Right. So then they you want get to into, hear
1: your studio is large, or you're getting, yeah. you're going to Venice, or
0: yeah, and so you get into the measuring the wrong things. So mm-hmm. you start measuring uh, these these exterior results, whether it's your promotion or your salary or the number of assistants or awards, and they're kind of insignificant. But it's hard not to care, and then uh, you get caught up in that, yeah, and yeah. It, it it might lead you in a direction where you end up being a manage, finance manager more than uh, a maker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that these, so these things are in constant tension it it does lead to the last and most important secret of motivation, which I'm sure everyone's guessed by now is, uh, is why I, you know, I have some hope and excitement for the future, which is a sense of purpose. And, uh, purpose is the, you know, the, is, 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 is the, probably the most motivating thing you can give someone. Whether that's a, and maybe that's why they're willing to do all of those shitty things. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I mean, relig- religion has
0: this, has this nice, uh, either religion or money or all these things give this nice exterior uh, way of measuring things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, you can be like, okay, I, I helped this many people today, so God loves me more, or yeah. I made this much money, my family is safe.
1: Yeah, no, I was thinking about it this week because uh, like an executive asked me for like, well, how many people did we talk to this year about our product? Uh, I work at this company, a software company called FreshBooks, and we make accounting software and and we're very user centered. I saw
0: they also sponsored podcasts.
1: Yeah we, we sponsored right yeah, we should get sponsored. I have an inside track. On that. <laughs> but you know what, we have to get up to 10,000 listeners. So this is my chance to say like, please share the podcast with your friends, because yeah. I think if you don't get up to 10,000 listeners, no one wants to sponsor you. But anyway, uh, numbers aside, <laughs> we we're just talking about if the numbers change, nothing changes. There are certain spots at which it does. Um, but Anyway, this person was asking for the actual number of people we talked to as if that made a better product. Now, it does. I know how it does. But the actual number has nothing to do with that. Um, It's the process by which you speak to people and you spend time with them, getting to know them. You don't design in a bubble. And so, like, whether it was 1,000 or 1,500, and it turned out to be 1,200 last year, um, it doesn't really matter. It's just a number, right? But what matters is the intent or purpose behind it. The purpose... Uh, of course, was to get to know people better so you understand what they But in
0: a, in a business, you do have objective measures. So I, that's very different from personal growth. In a business, you can say, okay, we can measure how many customers are active and how many mm-hmm. customers slowly stop using the... I'm talking about something yeah, yeah. like fresh Churn foods, or something. I think yeah. a big problem is like if... It's like a gym membership. If they don't come back very often, after a while, they cancel the gym membership. So, I mean,
1: but these metrics are entering our lives. As, and this is kind of another thing, you know. So we when we stop accumulating goods, it's like, do we start accumulating how many steps we eat, you know, yeah. we took, how many stairs we climbed,
0: or how like many how calories many, we consumed? Yeah. Or how many interesting places we traveled to and uh, how many... Right. Uh, it's a yeah, stockpile. You, like, there's You want to measure something, Yeah.
1: <laughs> There's a virtual pile of goods, though. Even once we strip our homes, I bet bare. there was
0: a time when it was like, "How many children do you have?" <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: A <laughs> hundred. Oh my God! But you yeah, know, that was obviously a very uh, gendered. Get back to the bedroom. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah, the poor woman in that situation. That was not. That was a much less equitable well, society, for sure.
0: That's from your point of view. Maybe that gave the woman a lot of purpose, and she was not worried about a lot of stuff that people are worried mm. about now.
1: Well, except that I think there was a to be fair the threat of dying every time you had a child back that was Yeah qualified. but but
0: uh, I mean uh, oh you was,
1: mean like religious uh, purpose as well Well my
0: my grandparents my my grandma had 16 children Mhm Oh and wow. she also almost died uh, at at one point but I'm sure that that gave so much conviction
1: Mhm like oh like each one that,
0: yeah, like that feeling. That maybe that is a modern problem of people feeling without purpose and maybe having too much free time. So the mind starts to go in a cycle. Like, what's important? What should I do? Is mm. is my life relevant? But I think for my grandma, being very religious and having sixteen children, she did not have a lot of time to think. Like, am I important? It was. She was so important. She was just. She was the life thread, and, uh, for sixteen yeah. people.
1: Right. She was actually like the the manager if you will like she was yeah but
0: and and the 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 love provider the care provider the everything mm-hmm. so obviously it was very yeah
1: but basically when she opened her eyes in the morning there was already people waiting for her like where's breakfast for <laughs> grandma where's like, <laughs> make my bed like there was there, well, was, I there always, was definitely I always go need.
0: in this podcast I always go back to the stories about that family because we're talking a lot about technology and uh, mm-hmm. how humans are changing and it's it's just two generations away Right. So I yeah. don't know how your grandparents lived if they came from the city or from a farm or um well I had my Ukrainian
1: grandparents were um from a you know from a farm but a collective farm ultimately you know mm-hmm. that they escaped under the Soviet um rule in Ukraine and there was a famine. So that's not a great story but on the other side I come well, from a family Well it is a great story. I it's mean, not a happy story, but it yeah, is very yeah, a very interesting story. It's a very interesting story. And actually, we could do a whole podcast on famine and genocide. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but but it's also yeah.
0: like like there's such a common uh, uh, feeling now that it, people are very unhappy with a lot of things. Well, actually, you look back at that <clears> and be totally. like, whoa, we got it pretty good.
1: Yeah, actually, in relationship with what we're discussing today, the, you know, they would they were they would never so when I would go see them as a child you know uh, I was always terrified because there was any you know any kind of I could do so many things wrong but the thing I could do most wrong was like not finish my meal or like (laughs) wasting a crumb or something (laughs) no of course the food was delicious but like you know this was like it was very
0: fatty and a big amount yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: But also like, you know, we were so lucky because obviously they had almost starved to death, right? And it, yeah. it's a it's a cliche, but, but that's at the, the end life the day, trajectory
0: yeah. you want. You want to start out like crap and then go to comfort and not the other way around. Well, let me like tell you one like again,
1: these stories sound cheesy, but they're really real. Like my grandfather would pray for snow. You know, right? Like we're we're all like, oh, it's it's getting cold outside. (laughs) He was praying for snow because it meant he could make a little bit of extra money shoveling sidewalks, right? (laughs) Like that was that was how he's going to pay for Christmas. (laughs) So you know, he he was definitely like he was looking for more. You know, in all the, the right places. You know, when life gave him lemons, he kind of figured out a way to make something out of it. But
0: I I kind of feel that art gives you that sense of purpose because the the odds are so bad that you'll make it and at any point that you feel like you've made it you can just drop back and the and the whole idea that you have to go back <laughs> to regular society is so right. so scary so yeah. you you're just oh, it's oh maybe
1: yeah maybe you're right it's like a form of heaven we've been invited into this amazing cocktail party or dinner party and then at any point we could get
0: kicked out yeah <laughs> back, back back outside yeah. <laughs> go back stand with the regulars yeah <laughs> Uh, no, but, I, I've yeah. spoken to artists who um, are really on top of the game. So, top of the game is things like Venice Biennial and solo shows in museums. Yeah. So, uh, speaking to someone who just did that, just like did a solo show in a major New York museum and the Venice Biennial, both very successful uh, in terms of sales and in terms of critical response. And he had never been as unhappy or scared because, like, where do you go from here? You mm-hmm. can only go down. Yeah. Well
1: or you can go sideways. Yeah. You could start you know, one thing that some people do is they just they stop doing a thing. Yeah. They yeah, stop yeah. trying to go higher, right? And then they yeah. go sideways. Yeah. And I don't always think that's they such a bad thing. Start doing a podcast. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the way I think about things. I yeah. I, I, I used to be very like solely focused on like the so called museum or show. And then the closer you get to a museum show, you realize how Kind of crappy that's going to be, <laughs> or like yeah. not not totally crappy, but like that it's not as you you imagined or as a myth that it's one thing, but it's actually not the other. I heard a story of a, a major artist that was offered a show at the Guggenheim, and uh, it was because uh, someone canceled. <laughs> so yeah, they're like yeah. So but the Guggenheim is like, you can have this show, but you're going to have to pay for anything, everything. Yeah, um, and we're not going to do anything for you. And so, of course, they took it, but it cost them a fortune, right? And you know, yeah, but
0: it also you make money afterwards because you had a show in the Guggenheim. Your value goes up.
1: Yeah, theoretically speaking. Um, but the music, like museums, increasingly are also asking. I'm sure they've asked you, or they might, you know, or your your it's like considered artistic strat- like an artist strategy to donate your work to the museums, right? Like you should. Yeah. It's all you know to to help you build up your commercial value. And it's just like ah. I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole other it's uh,
0: like conversation. It's like protection money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true.
1: <laughs> but ultimately, you're like, oh, this doesn't feel good. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> so like, I well, participated I in to, I more charity than...
0: I, when, when I was in art school, I used to think if you're showing in uh, artist spaces, so not in a commercial mm-hmm. gallery, that you would already be... You've made it. Like That means that you have, like, mm-hmm. ten assistants and a big house and... Uh, because you were in this group show in an in an art space, yeah. That was really my perception. It's like, oh, but, yeah. But I mean, what but this? at that
1: age too, it's like it's just even getting the title artist. You know, you, everyone goes no. through that uncomfortable period where they're not sure, can I call myself an artist? Right? They ask a few people to start. Yeah, that's maybe in new saying, like, media.
0: There's also <laughs> people who just are full on. Just uh, it seems day one. But, they're just like. Well yeah they they their first job is to be an art assistant. they uh, maybe work at a gallery. Everything is very much in that world from the from the get go and new media is is this uh, area where well, it's like it's on the computer, so it's not completely art, and I'm doing festivals mm. that relate more to visitors than to collectors and so that it's it's more of a soft uh, gray area
1: mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a tremendous, I, I even though it's, this is, does harm to those that are not making enough money as an artist, uh, it's a privilege to be able to make things and have hundreds of people show up to see that thing, um, like, considering how much there is in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking about Leonard Cohen this week, because there was another th- shitty thing that happened, which is yeah. that Leonard Cohen Yeah, I never really died.
0: got into him, but... Uh his, well, his what's up? There's
1: one amazing story about him uh, that's worth talking about in regards to this, which is that he was a, a, a apparently a very he he didn't think very well of himself. Like, obviously, his songs are kind of pessimistic, but mm-hmm. he has one of the most covered songs. I think it's the most covered song. That is to say, other musicians have played this yeah. song in their own version. What's oh, the, name of the song? Hallelujah. hallelujah. Okay. Yeah, it, it goes like the I mean, Hallelujah.
0: hallelujah. Anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> the third, the fourth of it. It's actually a great, great song. He's not a religious guy, but it's, and it kind of has this religious tone. But regardless, it took him 15 years for this song to really take off. And he kind of re like rewrote it and replayed it in different ways. And then it wasn't until like the mid nineties and someone else covered it and found another interpretation of it. And then he picked it back up again and, but he famously talked about how he was never satisfied and he redid this piece of work this song over and over again for 15 years until he got it just right you know until until it became the most you know prevalent most popular song in the world Mm -hmm. right it it kind of it kind of is at this exact moment. but
0: there you go again of uh trying to for him and for us trying to measure the success of that song and so Okay, if many yeah. people re-record the song, that means it's a good song. But well, he
1: wasn't satisfied, is what I meant to say. You know, yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. Was it extrinsic satisfaction, or he said that he just kept reworking it because he he knew there was something there, but it wasn't right yet. Yeah, I like this idea though that you might work on one piece for your whole career, and I I was wondering whether you thought you could, if there was an, an art any other artist you could cite that you know kind of came back over the same work. You always hear about the painter. I was talking to a friend of ours who's a painter um, and he someone who him, worked like, Do their whole
0: life on one work I, yeah I don't yeah, know yeah, like a lot example. of painters
1: repaint re-pa- over a painting over and over again right? or, re,
0: or re- redo versions of the same idea I think that happens yeah. a lot in art where people will pick one idea and they'll be like okay I'm gonna make casts of casts or like a, there's a, there's an artist who, who recasts pedestals
1: and um, I think and we like, like and we and, and then like like that, be like,
0: right? th- it'll be like it'll be yeah my observation is all or like on Kawara, where he does the date paintings
1: mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great one, yeah, that's a good example.
0: What I always think is I feel like that work is great for an observer. It's really mm-hmm. fun to go into the Guggenheim and just see the date paintings, but as a maker, it's torture like, to me right
1: well, is it yeah, to you that's interesting that you say that because we were talking about. We've talked about, like, finding artwork that you can make efficiently. It's kind of like whenever you come up with a quote-unquote series, right? It's kind yeah. of like every artist is just, it's like a little company. They're trying to come up with their next series, something the that they can do. in and a
0: season. And a, yeah.
1: Well, again, it's about efficiency, right? Like, if you can eke out that, like because you don't want that piece just to go out in thin air right you kind of want if no one's going to pay attention you at least want to get it you want to be able to like squeeze it in for that extra show
0: picasso said that most artists uh, make a cake shape and then they just bake the same cake their whole career
1: right and that yeah it ends up being dot paintings if you're like
0: and he yeah he's the example of the opposite
1: yeah yeah no, for sure. I mean, but I'm the I, opposite. There's but.
0: there's no rules, so th- there's there's great examples of people who make awesome cake shapes and then make perfect cakes the whole their whole life, and there's examples of people being all over the place and it being very interesting. I mean, I guess I've, the reason I've I spoken asked to a lot like of people. They're like, "Oh, I made this series. Should I do this my whole life? Is that the best strategy? Because I think the mm-hmm. art world wants that." But then it it might be interesting if you could uh, sort of make a metric of like the hundred most successful artists and be like are they more the type that do do, is is that the type of artist who does a lot of different projects or is that a sort of a monolith artist Mm -hmm. and then see the metric and be like okay well that's the most successful strategy my guess is that it's pretty even
1: yeah maybe it doesn't matter but i thought i was thinking about it in terms of accumulation right like accumulating ideas versus trying to perfect a single idea and in regards to motivation that mastery you know, is such a big part of motivation. Like getting good, really good at one thing. Refinement. Refinement, but, like but, that. But if, that if, Japanese if a Japanese knife if, maker or something. Yeah.
0: So if if you look at a an example of an artist who is about refinement, so maybe someone like who comes to mind for you?
1: Someone who about that that comes to mind in regards to refinement. Hmm. I I mean I keep coming back to crafts people. Um, In my head,
0: because because there's people like Warhol uh, who pretty much have the same theme, but do a lot of media. And like now I'm going to produce a movie. Now I'm going to do screen test. Now I'm going to do a sculpture. Now I'm going to do performance. Now I'm going to do a newspaper. Right. So it's it's just. Trying the same idea and the same tone of voice in every possible way.
1: Well, sometimes it'll be a material-based artist. I think that comes to mind. I, I hate to cite him because I really, really don't like his work that much. But Jeff Koons, like, famously, like, had to get the perfect finish and then yeah. continues to like do this material-based research. And for him, that seems to be very motivating. Richard Serra might be the same with steel. Yeah, um, and and learning that as like, but, a, yeah, Richard Serra
0: might be a good example where, okay, he was interested in the sort of Capturing the idea of action and movement and and uh, motion in a in a very monolithic form, mm-hmm. and so that concept does it get better the more he executes it on a larger scale and makes more variations or? or well, not?
1: yeah, maybe solo wit's actually my favorite example if I think about it in a way because if in regards to what we're discussing, he managed to get the artwork down to a set of instructions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he realized that it wasn't important that he make it or that it even be made well, right? That he could, it was just that the instructions. No, he was,
0: he was—he had a team of, of people. It wasn't like anyone could execute the instruction.
1: Well, some of his works you can, inst- I, I know that a collector can do them, like a okay. the pencil piece on the walls uh, yeah. and stuff.
0: But then the, the, a lot of his retrospectives or museums, they always show, mm-hmm. well, these are the people he's been working with when yeah. he was still alive and they've instructed the people, the new people, the new craftspeople. Yeah. And it's pretty specific. It's not like anyone can just do a sloppy job.
1: I mean, it does remind me though that like, you know, how he was quite old when he died. Um, and I'm thinking of other artists that managed to stay motivated. Like, so Louis Bourgeois is the one that comes to mind most often. Like, he yeah. managed to make pretty relevant work like very relevant work into her nineties, well,
0: right? Yeah, Ag- Agnes Martin also.
1: Oh yeah, Agnes Martin, fantastic. She has example. the
0: retrospective now at the Guggenheim. It's yeah, t- t- tell me, about,
1: uh, can we take a brief moment to discuss that? What did you think? I haven't oh, seen it. I loved the show. it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean I first of all I really love the Guggenheim for the chronologic chronological Architecture. So you have this spiral case that you walk up and you kind of follow the life of an artist if it's a solo show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you start at the bottom and you walk along, and it's about a half hour walk, I think. So over the course of half, half an hour, you see someone's investigation of something for their whole life. Right. It's very different from having different rooms because different rooms you could take all kinds of ways of walking, but this spiral, it's just there's no other way for you to walk. You just walk straight. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've seen a number of different shows there like very different kinds of artists from Matthew Barney to Onkawara to Fishley and Weiss and um, and in her case I I think what was really the most interesting was to see her struggle so much and it getting really good at some point and getting really great at the end Mm. of her life when she was 85 so that's the most uh, that, to me, would be the best scenario for an artist where they are searching and searching and continuously searching, and it doesn't start out that great, and it gets a little better every year, whatever that means. But it's really, to me, it was really obvious that it got better each year. But clearly she figured out, you know... I mean, and,
1: and, and to- on topics of zen, I think Agnes Martin's, like, a great... <laughs> She's <laughs> a prime example, yeah. Prime example, right? Like, getting to the essential, though, ends up being this... You know if we go back to our efficiency and like paring down one's life or this search for meaning ultimately in times of darkness ends up being a search for the essential
0: well she was she was someone who refused to let the world come into her head she said i paint with my back to the world Hmm. Uh, so she would not read newspapers and live like a hermit in a self-built house in new mexico she would just shut out society as much as possible I've noticed a lot of my
1: friends doing that now Um, So I'm getting into my late 30s And it's a common thing for them to quit their job Or even artists to like leave the city Buy a house in the country (laughs) Yeah, I get so
0: bored Well,
1: I mean, because there's a certain romanticism I think in this idea of shutting off the noise You know, turning it Mm -hmm. off Well, it's also exotic
0: because uh, mm-hmm. a, a tropical beach is not so exotic. It, it, it's pretty accessible. Like most people now in their life, they can visit a tropical beach once. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, that sounds so exotic. But silence is very exotic now. I mean, it's funny.
1: I mean, we're, I, I just, I was struggling to find an idea for a performance I have coming up. Or not an idea, but a way to do it in a reasonable amount of time. Which is quite often the, the thing. That, the efficiency, I was looking for the efficiency. Mm-hmm. on a project um for a performance in a couple of weeks and i always do the same thing now after all these years i i wasn't dirty but of course i ran a bath i know you you, you don't have a bath i don't think in your apartment i but do the, yeah oh do you yeah. that's great because for me anyway the bath is that is the only place i can go and i be think comp- you
0: just you get ideas from looking at your own body you think <laughs> your body is really inspiring to yourself oh well wow.
1: that's it my naked body there's no noise and yeah. so like not even like should I be wearing this or <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I'm floating in stasis I, I, I,
0: I thought uh, for a long time I was thinking is there a, um, is there a method to find more ideas so I, with my websites I always remember very clearly where I came up with the idea like mm. I remember making popcorn at a certain place, at a certain time, and thinking, oh, I should make an animation of that. Yeah. So I wrote down all my websites and then wrote down all the moments that I thought, okay, I was in a train. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I was at a concert waiting for the band to start. Okay, I was at a library. Yeah. And I remember all all the moments and I thought, maybe there's a pattern, and I just couldn't find a pattern. Because I, I thought, okay, if it turns out that I have to do X and Y. Then I'll do those, and I'll have more mm-hmm. ideas. So I thought, okay, I'll go for long walks in the country. Maybe that'll help. But there was no pattern. I but it's interesting
1: it. that you say more ideas because more often than not, I'm looking for less ideas. But okay. you're already uniquely talented at this. So the thing I struggle with is I have too many ideas, and it's not a good. That's bad art usually. <laughs> like I don't getting know. it, but sometimes getting it back though to some. No, but it's that also tricky that
0: that you think that. Artists only have a few ideas. You think Solowit only did instructions, but he did many different no, things. No, of course he did. Of and what remains did. is the strongest part of his work. So he might have done a lot of things that were questionable, but they they just get yeah. filtered out through history.
1: I guess what I'm thinking is like quite often um, it's not it's about finding the one good one in five and not an in in audience like creating something that's not too complicated but you could go maximalist for sure but for me i need to understand it a little bit <laughs> to get behind it so like
0: well if i would look at your work i think the, the performances are the most interesting but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do kickstarter or a, mm-hmm. a startup showing other artists work and an accelerator but the performance is where i think what i enjoy the most but maybe all of those other things feed the performances so well they do for
1: sure but and the reason i like a performance is because i don't always i'm not always in control and yeah. we've talked about that before but like not being in control is a part of accepting and moving forward and like being in the moment and it really is a great feeling and putting yourself in that situation of just being mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm trying to i'm trying to get this to like a, well you every, also like to
0: be with people
1: I do. I I do like to be... I I like to be with people. I like to be... I like to make people smile. When I have that connection with you and with others, where I look into their eye, I see that they see what I see, and we both smile. I always always remember, like, when you're in high school and you saw a friend by accident across the street out in the real world. You Mm -hmm. know, you see someone walking the opposite direction. You're like, oh, my God, it's my friend. And then you both acknowledge that you're out in the real world, not as... Who you are, but as perf- performing as human beings in the world, you usually I would burst out laughing as a child because I thought it was That's so ridiculous. Because
0: it's it's very far from uh, uh, painting. Mm-hmm. So painting is all about making something that will do the job completely separate from the artist. It right. will hang on the wall, and it should do its its whatever it does that way. And so there's no direct personal contact. It's actually op- it's like sending a representative of yourself <laughs> and, and you want to go yourself so that's very different from uh regular art making but that I was the whole history of performance art
1: yeah but i guess that's why i don't make paintings and i or I, yeah. or every time i've tried to make something that sits on a wall i don't really i don't feel this i don't get the same reward it's not do you, as do you
0: ever feel like uh you would want to collect paintings are, are you when you see paintings are you like yeah. man i want that
1: i have a few things up in my house and i have a I have a painting from like uh, from the 1960s like a modernist abstract expressionist painting. Um, like a big one. That's and does that me.
0: But do you do you ever fantasize of like oh if I did have millions I would start a big collection and uh, if you had billions? No. No. I like mean, the, we're talking about accumulation and art and then do you do you feel a need to accumulate in that sense?
1: That's a great. That's a great point. That I don't know what drives those collectors to buy as much artwork as they do because I I want to see it and I have my like a lot of my art is getting damaged because there's sun coming into my house. Mm. You know, I have some large windows, and I I would you know I I was taught by my parents who are maybe like super bougie but like you enjoy the things that you have until they're just totally destroyed and so having less of but ha- enjoying them more. Is like, you yeah. know is the thing to do. So if there's and
0: not like having a warehouse full of things you don't uh, see that often.
1: Exactly. Like, I mean, if you have the money to get all the best stuff, go ahead. But like, what I'm really focused on is like having a few really meaningful things. But that um, goes
0: back to the question of purpose because collecting gives collectors purpose because the it's it's this higher calling of uh, pure fundamental creative research that they are helping to create. Yeah, uh, especially if they buy living artists. So that gives them the sense of purpose of like, okay, if if I become the one collector, then I can really help the right artists make their mark in history. Mm -hmm. And by holding on to the work and taking care of it and being in dialogue with other collectors, and whether you think that is true or not, it gives them purpose.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, I wish then that they had more like diverse collections because a lot of the world's top collectors buy the same artists. But um, not to be too cynical about it, mm-hmm. I think there are ve- very altruistic collectors. Well, there's the,
0: the secret goth in you too. So you're, yeah. you're tired of everyone listening to Britney Spears and they should listen <laughs> yeah. to The Cure.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I discovered them first. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think one we should talk about collectors at some point uh on the podcast and and where collecting is going um because that's what that's basically what this has been about but i think we, we don't have very much time to talk about it which is yeah
0: what is this week's episode about <laughs> it's true it's a bit rambly, i was thinking but of was the title <laughs> but i thought the title should be confusion well it's about moving forward about
1: finding moving a set cent- okay yeah that's yeah, yeah. called moving forward okay <laughs> it's progress yeah. even when even yeah. when things seem like they're going backward. are We got to move forward
0: yeah yeah about the election I was thinking if yeah I don't want to get into the specifics but if the other candidate had won nobody would have been really happy a lot of people have been kind of happy because this way at least half the people are really happy well you know the last thing I want to
1: talk about is (laughs) The week before the election, I was really upset about the new MacBook Pro, <laughs> yeah. and how yeah. it had like fewer ports and like a, lo- a like a lesser graphics card. It had all this less, less, less. It was like more mm-hmm. less things. It was more yeah. essential, and Apple's always sort of striving for this essential form. And yeah. it was like a real kind of f you to artists and creators because the th- everything that i wanted that i waited four years for like it was 13 percent faster and like i had less things and i was like i have to deal with this like ter- you know this this no. useless thing i've waited four years for this you Weirdly, guys are t- letting me down yeah exactly yeah. like i believed in you what are you doing I built. I made you. Well, Moore's so, law is
0: over. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. <laughs> what
1: can you do? Yeah. So I've over the last few weeks, I've had to also, I know it's kind of funny in comparison, but also like come to terms with like the technology's gonna let me down again. But like the, even my tools are letting me down, and that maybe I just have to be more creative with what I have. Uh, for me is the bottom yeah. line.
0: Yeah. Do you run into a lot of p- performance issues in your daily uh, routines where you're like ah oh, this is slow?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I think with VR that would kind of push things yeah. and and then like if once you start to do 3D stuff, you, you know, long render time or like cuz I do real time, it'll just be mm-hmm. like low frame rates. And so Isn't you're that always Is way better
0: on PC by now? <clears throat> that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. Like the Oculus yeah. and the, I have a PC in, yeah. in the corner that But I it's use. not very but, mobile. But I spend yeah I spend like way too much time optimizing. Is the frame laptop rates.
0: still useful to you as a form factor, or is it more like the phone and the desktop?
1: I wish it was a phone. That's a dream. Like that's the essentialist dream that I would like. Yeah. I'd have my underwear in well, one pocket, phone, my the, socks the in another be, pocket. <laughs>
0: if if you were happy with snapshot photography as a medium, then all you would need is the phone.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. I if but I was. But it's,
0: it's because you want VR then.
1: No, it's because I wanna. I wanna like. M- I wanna misuse the tool. So the phone is designed to be used the way they tell you to. It's to be used, yeah. but like. But you can
0: find funny apps that are weird and. The- I
1: don't. I want to make my own apps. You know, like yeah. here's my here's my thing. They want to make the iPad Pro. This is our technology segment. They want to make the iPad Pro the professional the creative professionals' tool, but you can't even create an app on the iPad that runs on the iPad. Like mm-hmm. the first thing you got to do is make it possible to make the things that make things. Yeah, no one's going to uh, code
0: on a touchscreen.
1: It's just, I mean, it's stupid. Like, just wake up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the iPad, I think, is not even selling that much.
1: No, but they, they really want that to replace the laptop. That's why this ridiculous touch bar on the new MacBook Pro is so, so, in, it's so insane. It's such a bad usability. You know, it's so this, unusable. This kind
0: of talking about technology is, is so uh, chill. It's so unimportant. Yeah, it's, 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 true. <laughs> it's really relaxing. So, so refreshing. Yeah.
1: Very undramatic. <laughs> what well, about my you... function keys? Yeah. No escape key. I have to okay. carry five
0: dongles with me everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Do you still travel with your laptop?
1: I do, and that's the one thing I would like everyone saying. I didn't want it to be lighter, but I really do want it to be lighter because, it, it, like, a five-pound laptop on your back when you're yeah, um, going to Europe and you have to spend a day before you can get into your hotel or get to the exhibition or whatever, walking around, it's like I know that sounds really contrived, like, oh, like how can you complain about that? But it really it's it makes traveling really exhausting.
0: But you still need a laptop when you can't, because I understand you want to create weird stuff at home. But if you're gone for a week, is the phone enough or when you do no. a performance you need the laptop
1: no i always need yeah right now I, I i would like to find a way and i started to develop in swift a little bit okay. but i just find the laptop more flexible
0: yeah, need, yeah. and does the little macbook would that do enough not enough graphics to, uh, power okay uh, yeah 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 i thought when i started writing haiku i was like okay this solves everything because i really made it out of oh, yeah. frustration of, of preservation because i thought okay preservation is such a nightmare if you make objects they get scratched if you make software you have to update it if i make haiku there's no practical issue whatsoever i can make it in the little notes app on the phone <laughs> i can tweet it i don't need a laptop i can do everything uh, this solves everything I yeah. really i thought i'm going to cancel everything else i do because this solves everything i can create an <laughs> image in your mind But then you you make uh, the haiku and then there's so many hours in the day so you have to do it. The
1: way you presented that is that you presented life and creativity as a problem. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, it needs to be solved. (laughs) No, but uh, the the creativity is not the problem but all the issues around it of storage and scratching and uh, shipping and talk about a wasteful life is the life of an artist who makes objects like well that's fun. why
1: my favorite um, artist is Nam June Pike historically because you know he was like it's all trash you know it's <laughs> like it's garbage and just like just admit like you're a garbage bag <laughs> full of trash and then you can start to do something interesting you can start to find meaning <laughs> once you admit you're trash
0: Yeah, yeah yeah you know? yeah that's nice that's a nice ending great Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, it's always a pleasure. I feel much happier about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Um, uh, until next time, I guess. Please share the podcast. And if you find any meaning in it whatsoever, let us know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm at Jeremy
1: Bailey on Twitter. Should we do our tweet handles? I've noticed other people do that. I'm at Jeremy Bailey.
0: Uh, I'm at new Raphael on, on all the social media.
1: I know you're against... you're trying to get rid of social media I noticed mailing by the way mailing lists are a new thing someone sent me a thing like I'm trying to get off social media so now I have a mailing list it's right back to email again
0: yeah or like announcing on social media that you're quitting social media yeah yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) whatever I just saw someone post on on Instagram we need to get off of Facebook. It's a corporate network. And he posted it on Instagram. It's the same company. <laughs> same company. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Wait. Maybe if they get on WhatsApp, they could talk about it. Yeah. We need <laughs> to have an encrypted again. social network. <laughs> well, apparently, after the election, you know, you must know this. Like all the encrypted yeah. email and yeah. chat applications. Yeah. You. Because anyway. we
0: all have these government secrets. Let's
1: talk about encryption on another show. Uh, and we'll talk about standards. secrets, secrets, yeah. and open standards. That'll be exciting.
0: I'm very uh, open standards are very dear to me. Though. I want to talk about that. Okay,
1: cool. You pick the topic next time. I was just trying to cheer you up today. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. See you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.